Well, good morning, church. How good is it to be together this morning? Thanks so much for joining us. I know I am excited to be here. And what an exciting season that we are heading into as well. Build and bless. If you haven't been a part of the last couple of services and heard the launch of Build and Bless, then I really encourage you to go onto our YouTube page or Facebook and catch up on those services. I promise it's good stuff. It's exciting stuff. You know, build and bless. It's a strong title. You know, good alliteration. My primary school teacher, Miss Weir, would approve. You know, but it's more than just a good title or a catchphrase that we're going to use. And I really pray that as we explore this vision that we believe God has given Life Church for 2022 of build and bless, that you would really catch sight of what God is doing and that the Holy Spirit would illuminate your role and where and how he is wanting to use you in it. Because you know, as Carl said when sharing the vision with us, every believer has been called to be a minister of the good news. You know, we all have a role to play in the Great Commission of going and making disciples of all people. And the local church, which is you and I, is the pattern which God has given to use to accomplish this. God has a role in it for you if you are willing. When talking about the build, there were three elements that we have talked about. We want to build right, we want to build brave, and we want to build to last. Build right. You know, this is really based on Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his, that's God's, kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It talks to our priorities and our focus. You know, what is our motivation? Are we building to glorify life church or ourselves? Have we let vanity or pride or selfishness creep in? Are we more interested in what others think of what we are building than what God desires? You know, it is so easy to get caught up in our everyday lives and to lose focus, to let the needs and worries of the world distract us and become our focus. Build right means that we come back to Jesus at the center. First, we seek God's kingdom and righteousness and we let him set the priorities and we trust that he also knows our needs and will provide. Build brave. This is an acknowledgement of the times we are in. The kind of building we want to be a part of will require faith and courage. You know, we believe some of the things that God is wanting us to lead, into, lead us into are beyond what we've even imagined. You know, he is the master architect. There is new ground he wants to break, and there is an enemy who's not so keen on that plan. You know, we can have confidence that the victory is already assured, but it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a fight, and it is going to require faith and courage. We need to be prepared to build brave. Ephesians 6.10 talks about it this way. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand... 
You know, it might get a bit messy sometimes. We're not fighting against just flesh and blood, but we're also not fighting alone. And that is why it is vital that we are remaining in a place of intimacy with Christ and allowing him to equip and prepare us so that when he calls us to move and break ground, we are able to stand firm. We can build brave because we have confidence in God and his mighty power. And then build to last. And we've arrived to where I actually want to hang out for a bit this morning, so I trust you're still with me. As I was preparing to speak on build and bless, this was the point that the Holy Spirit kept bringing back to my mind, build to last. The word word that Carl used here was legacy. The dictionary tells me that a legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor. So when we're talking about build to last, we're not just talking about building something that will last your lifetime or my lifetime, you know, that's gonna be good enough or strong enough to see me through. We're talking about long-term here. We're talking about something that is going to last for generations to come. We're not just interested in the here and now, something to fulfill our needs and our wants only. We're not after temporary but we desire to build a legacy that will continue on for generation to generation. We know that God is a generational God. Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. When we're talking about partnering with God to build his kingdom, this is the kingdom that will last forever. We want what we build to have eternal impact. So we build not just for ourselves, but with the next generation in mind also. You know, the coming generations have been on my mind a lot recently. In part, I'm sure, because I'm currently expecting my first child. I promise it wasn't just too many donuts over the holiday season. And so me and my husband have been preparing. And part of our preparations have included creating a nursery room. We have very selflessly given up what I called my stuff room and Jeremiah referred to as the office in order to have a room available for our new child. And this has been the first time that we've really attempted any kind of renovations or modifications on the house since we bought it. And I say renovations, but we didn't aim too high. We decided on fitting out a cupboard to turn it into a wardrobe, painting a couple of walls and putting up some shelves. We decided to tackle the painting first, and after agonizing over colors for a few days, we got stuck in and were pretty pleased with the results. And then we came to the shelves. Now, some of you may know my husband, Jeremiah, and I love him dearly, and he is exceptionally talented at a lot of things. DIY and building, however, probably don't make his top 10 skills list. Luckily for us, we chose some really great friends. So our friend Ben, who is a builder, came round with his tools and got to work. And as I watched him meticulously measure and mark, drill and then level and then measure again and then adjust because it was off by one mil and then do another level, I was incredibly grateful. And not only because it meant that I didn't have to muddle about trying to put the shelves up myself, but because those shelves are well built and they are built to last. 
Now, I don't have to worry about them falling down or not holding enough weight or not doing what they were designed to do. I know that as my child moves into that room and grows and starts their own collection of junk, I mean treasured belongings, that those shelves will still be there waiting to hold it all. And I think there is a lesson in that for us as we look at how we go about building to last in the context of the local church. You know, one of the ways that we need to build in order to build to last is by building collaboratively. I'm sure most of you have read the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where the body of Christ is compared to a human body. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. It goes on to say, our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. You know, what this means is I need you and you need me. When we are looking to build into things that are going to be strong and good quality, sustainable and resilient and stand the test of time and still be around for future generations, it's going to take all of the gifts and skills and talents that God has given to each of us working together. It is simply not possible for one or two to do it alone. You know, the vision is build and bless, and the build is what we are doing, and the bless is how we are going to do it. We say we are, believe that we are blessed to be a blessing, and that looks like blessing others with our gifts and talents in order to build together. Being prepared to join in on the build, knowing that God has a part he has uniquely gifted you for. When thinking about sustainable building, um, it's important to be operating out of our giftings. When I got up here on stage, you know, I walked using my legs and my feet. Technically, I could have walked up here on my hands. Well, maybe. But my legs are uniquely suited for walking. You know, I can stand on my legs far longer than I could ever stand on my hands. And if my hands are busy holding me up, well, it's going to be awful hard for them to feed me a snack, and then we'll all be in trouble. You know, we can manage quite a lot on our own, and God certainly graces us for seasons when we are stretched thin to make things work. But we have been called to build together, each contributing as God has called and gifted, so that we can accomplish things not possible on our own, and together we can sustain it for the long run. Those gifted with hospitality would probably find it hard to serve year in, year out in administration, looking over spreadsheets or in finance. You know, those whose gifting is in the uh, practical trades and the making of things, they might find it hard to preach each week. Those who are gifted with evangelism might find it hard to continue to show up to run the cafe behind the scenes. While there are others who might be gifted with helps who would be in their total element there. Because you see, God has gifted each of us and wired us differently precisely so that together we can achieve more. And if you're uncertain where your gifts and talents you know, might lie, 
then pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Have a chat with someone in your life group or come ask a member of team and see what they think. I think sometimes it's easy for us to lose sight of the bigger picture and the part we are playing in it. It can feel like maybe we don't have much to contribute or that we aren't achieving much. But when we are obedient in doing what God has asked and faithful in the surrender of our gifts and talents for God's use, we become part of building a legacy that will continue long after our time here is up. Before I moved to Christchurch and came on staff here with Life Church, I lived in Nelson, uh, where I was a children's pastor with the Salvation Army. And I have this activity that I used to do with kids and young people, which I call the Pass It On Game. And how it works is I would invite five people up the front and have them stand in a line next to each other. Now the first person in line would do something for four counts, followed by a new action for another four counts, and another one for four counts. You get it, changing action every four counts. Now the next person in line standing beside them had to copy what the first person was doing, but they had to start four counts behind. So as the first person completed an action, the next person would then start doing that action, and so on, and so on, and the aim of the game was to get the last person in line doing the actions. Now that activity in and of itself is just a bit of fun, but I do find it holds a powerful illustration for us and was a great tool for getting kids and adults to think about the idea of passing it on. You see, the person who is last in line was reliant on the person next to them to show them what to do. And that person was relying on the person next to them, and so on. And to me, this is a picture of a pattern which we find all throughout Scripture of instruction to make known our experience of God's faithfulness in our own life so that the generation to come may also come to acknowledge God's faithfulness and praise Him. Psalm 78 says, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so that the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope in you on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. You know, we need to pass it on. We need to be telling people of what God has and is doing but more than that, we need to show them and we need to teach them so that they may too join in. One of the words we use to describe this concept in the church is discipleship. You know, a strategy taken straight out of Jesus' book. 
Jesus didn't just tell his disciples of God's love and power and faithfulness. He invited them along to have a front row seat of his life so that he could show them and teach them how to live. He demonstrated for them living right with God. He showed them how he prayed. He took them along when he performed miracles. He let them witness him celebrate and grieve and be afraid of what was to come, all while remaining faithful and blameless. And when his time was coming to an end, he instructed them to carry on in this pattern, to then go out themselves and make disciples of others. It says in Romans 10, 13 to 15, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? We know that it is only through a personal revelation by the Holy Spirit that people are brought to salvation through Jesus. But we have a part to play in telling people of the good news that we have and then helping them to discover and live it out for themselves. Telling them and showing them the hope we carry so that they too may come to a place of calling on the name of the Lord. You know, God will use us as a link in that chain for people, just like the Pass It On game. Part of building a legacy that will last is this idea that there is always someone following. So are you living in a way that allows them access to witness your life in order that they may be able to join in on the mission and carry it forward? So who is following you? For those who are parents, the obvious answer is your kids. But this is not just for those who have kids. Each and every one of us has people around us and each, uh, that we have the opportunity to invite in and allow access to witness the faithfulness of God being worked out in us. They may not even be younger than you. You know, I'm talking about your neighbours, your colleagues, your favourite cashier at the supermarket, your friends, family members. We are all surrounded by people and we are all following someone and someone is following us. Now, I talked earlier about being generous with our gifts and talents, using them to bless others. Another way that we can be a blessing to others is simply by leading them in. And you know, it sounds easy, but it can cost to allow others access. It can cost time, can cost energy. It may cost you some pride to allow yourself to be real with people and show them your weaknesses. It can be easier to just allow them surface access, to build shallow relationships. You have to be intentional about allowing people in so they can witness your journey and you can be a part of theirs. Journeying with people will require grace and patience. We're still human, we mess up. We might need to learn a lesson 20 times before it sticks. But if we are serious about building to last, then we cannot build alone. We must work together by God's power, pooling our gifts and talents and intentionally bringing more and more people into the journey to join us. And if you're sitting here going, I don't know, it sounds like a lot of pressure to say to somebody, look at me and follow, then I have some great news for you. In Ephesians 2, it says, 
But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God is not asking you to pretend to have it all together and be perfect or to actually have it all together. He is asking us to remain in him and he will use us as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness. So who is following you? And are you allowing them access to your life to see God's grace being worked out? Some practical steps that God might be calling you to take. Are you connected in a life group? Now life groups are a fantastic place for discipleship to occur. Somewhere where you can build those relationships, where you can be led into other people's journeys and allow them into your own. Maybe you need to find a mentor, somebody who can help you along. Maybe you need to say that you are available to be a mentor to somebody else. We have a mentoring program here at Life Church. You can get all of those details on the app or talk to a member of the team. Maybe you need to join a serving team here at church. You know, do you have some gifts and talents which could be put to use to bless others? Maybe you could take a pathway book to give to your neighbour or a colleague or a friend to start that conversation, ask them about what they believe, share with them why you have the hope that you have. Maybe there's somebody that you could invite to go to the next Alpha course with you and actually take them along and be a part of that with them. Maybe you feel a call to invest in the next generation and you need to sign up to be on team at Life Kids or Intermediate or youth. There are so many different uh, opportunities that are available to us. And I really encourage you in this season to be seeking God, asking the Holy Spirit to show you where it is that he would have you serve to bless others. I'd really love to pray for us. And uh, in particular, um, for those who may be feeling like they don't have much to contribute, who maybe don't know where it is that they fit in this whole building plan, you know, who aren't sure who it is that is following them and what they can do. And just for all of us as well, that God would uh, open our eyes to those around us you know, who are part of the legacy that we are leaving. Lord, we are so thankful for your love and your faithfulness that we know stands the test of time that lasts for all generations. And we are so thankful that you call us to be a part of that. 
And God, just right now, I just ask that for those who are searching, who are unsure what it is that you have in store for them, where you would have them serve, where you would have them expand your kingdom, Holy Spirit, right now, would you be illuminating to them their gifts, their talents, um, some of the plans and purposes that you have set up for them. And Lord, for all of us, would you open our eyes to see those around us who are looking for someone to follow? Lord, would you be setting up uh, places where we can uh, share with others the hope that we have found in you? God, we just surrender ourselves to you again. We say our gifts, our talent, our time. Lord, we give you access to use those to build your kingdom. We thank you that you are a faithful God and a loving God who desires all to be part of your kingdom. We praise you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen.